This fall, we'll be exploring different facets of our commitment to Christian faith and practice. In our current world, an alive and active faith is not assumed. There are culture-wide shifts in institutional trust, religious participation, knowledge, and practice. In fact, a recent Gallup poll finds that the percentage of Americans who report belonging to a church, a synagogue, or a mosque is at an all-time low. What's more, whether we have belonged to church community our whole lives or are brand new to a life of faith, we might not regularly stop and think about our reasons for belief, belonging, and practice. These shifts in religious landscape provides us the opportunity to re-examine our basis for faith and spiritual practice and to find new and redemptive ways for living. Each week on the podcast, we will explore some of the biblical and theological roots of questions related to who we are as Christian followers. Why church? Why study? Why Jesus? Why gather? Why serve? Why care? Why worship? Why give? We invite you to listen, to reflect, and to join the conversation. Hi, this is Sarah R., the Associate Pastor for Youth and Young Adults at Preston Hollow. Mark 5 begins by telling us that Jesus is in the region of the Gerasenes, or Gadarenes, as some Bibles read. This geographical note tells us that Jesus was in Gentile territory, with people who were culturally more Greek than Semitic, thus all the pigs. Upon his arrival, Jesus is greeted by a man who was in need of healing. In today's world, we would say Jesus was greeted by a man who was struggling with mental health. However, in biblical times, mental health struggles were often attributed to sin and or demons as opposed to nature or nurture. The description of the man's state is hard to read. In just a few verses, it is clear that this man was suffering, trapped and isolated by his own pain. However, despite his pain and confusion, this unnamed man has incredible strength and calls out to Jesus. Jesus responds by seeing him, truly seeing him. He asks for the man's name, and the man responds by naming his pain, Legion. This name was likely a numerical reference to a Roman legion, which had four to 6,000 soldiers, indicating just how deep his suffering was. Jesus then does something interesting, something that appears rather un-Jesus-like. Jesus casts the demons out of the man and into a herd of pigs who run off a cliff and die. It is often tempting for us to get caught up in this detail, wondering why Jesus would sacrifice pigs or why Jesus would transfer the demons instead of simply getting rid of them. I don't have the answer for those questions, but I fear that if we spend too much time in that space, we will miss the point of this story, which is that Jesus sees our pain and offers healing. Jesus saw Legion. He felt his pain, and he immediately offered healing. The method may not make sense to us, but at the end of the day, Jesus saw this man's isolated pain and ended it on the spot. That is holy, and that is good news. So there are several takeaways in this text. The fact that this miracle story happens in Gentile territory is significant. 
In everything Jesus does, he constantly spreads the narrative of love wider, inviting outsiders in. This story is a classic example of that and reminds us that no one is left out of God's grace. A second takeaway is that Jesus' grace and healing exists even for the broken. This man likely had not tithed or been a model citizen. He was isolated and feared, and still Jesus offered healing. For those of us who can relate to being disconnected from God, this is good news. Jesus' grace sees us and calls us by name. Finally, I believe this story reminds us that healing is not easy. The villagers saw the demoniac in his right mind and were terrified. Change can be scary. Healing can be hard. However, at the end of the day, this story reminds us that Jesus longs for our wholeness, and that transformation is worth pursuing. So how do we respond? This text challenges us to think about our healing in two ways, our healing and healing for our neighbor. Legion names his pain. From that, Jesus is able to offer him healing. It leads me to wonder if the first step to our healing is to recognize the places in us that are hurting. Are you grieving? Are you drowning in the frantic pace of your life? Can you name it? If so, that might be the first step to change. We also are challenged to notice the people in our community that, like Legion, are crying out. In some situations, that will be obvious. The woman on the street corner, the friend who just lost their job. In other instances, it will be discreet. The couple grieving a miscarriage, a marriage on the rocks, a person drowning in loneliness. No matter who it is, the text challenges us to see one another's pain and to reach out. No one should be left alone in their hurt.